While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Welcome to Overdue. This is a podcast about the books that you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. We and started, I surprised I Andrew. <laughs> Andrew was just kind of getting his getting his life right, uh, getting ready. Getting situated. I gotta sit a specific way in this chair to feel like to feel like I can talk about books. I guess <laughs> you gotta get in your book sitting pose. You gotta sit as Rodan the thinker. I gotta like lean and get my mouth up on this microphone. Yeah. Uh. So. I was doing some shopping earlier today. We'll get to books, but... Were you shopping for books? No. I was buying food and sustenance and... Boring. Yeah, pretty boring. (laughs) Um, But I had to wait for about 20 minutes in line because everyone was buying school supplies. Everyone. Back to school, which I always forget is a thing because I don't go to school anymore. And so sometimes I'll just go into a store in August... And it'll be mobbed. <laughs> oh, it was insane. It was it, it was maybe like 8 o'clock on a Thursday night in a Walmart, and everyone was buying erasers. Yeah, I mean, before tonight, you could not say that you had never seen someone kill somebody over a college-ruled <laughs> notebook before. <laughs> I saw one guy, I don't know if this was for back to school, he was buying like 20 stuffed animals. Maybe he was throwing a themed party. Maybe he's like a teacher and he's giving everybody a stuffed animal that they have to like take care of, like a like a baby thing. That's possible. Oh yeah, like a like a like that would be a weird way to kick off the school year. I think. <laughs> Welcome to tenth uh, grade. I'm gonna give you this stuffed donkey, and you need to take care of it for the rest of the year. And it's going to teach you about responsibility and also donkeys. It's also filled with eggs, so if I'll know if you drop it. <laughs> Which it's is probably... With, it's just filled with eggs and flour. <laughs> like, don't mess it up. And I'm going to uh, put it inside of a pregnancy belly that I'm going to make you wear for, a, for like a month. And then you're going to give birth to this fake egg flour donkey. And it better be alive. Well, once a week, one of us has finished a book, and we talk about it to the other person, uh, hopefully in a way that's enjoyable and entertaining and maybe informative. We'll find out. What did you read this week, Andrew? I read This Is How You Lose Her by Juno Diaz. By Juno Diaz. Who's Juno Diaz? He is a Dominican-American writer who is currently a creative writing professor at MIT. Did not know that MIT had a creative writing department. I did not know. I thought it was all computers. <laughs> I got get my get my masters in computers. The mass, at MIT. It's, it's actually MIC. It's it's Massachusetts Institute of Computers, but they didn't they didn't like that people were calling it MIC, so they changed it to MIT, which proved to be far less popular about four years ago. So. I don't know. <laughs> so Juno Diaz. 
it's hard to discuss Juno Diaz without discussing his one of his characters, Junior, who shows up in a bunch of his books. Okay. Including in this one. Okay. Because there he's like semi autobiographical. He's one of those characters who has so much in common with the author who's writing about them that you're not really sure where the line is. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. And with some of the stuff that happens in the book, you kind of hope that the line leans toward the fictional a little bit more, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Has he, I feel like in an interview somewhere, he suggested he wanted to write a bunch of books about Junior. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he said once, I think in like 2010, he said that ever since he published Drown, which was his first collection that was published in 1996, uh-huh. he had wanted to make like six or seven books about Junior that all linked together into one big novel, which is kind of cool because this, the thing about This Is How You Lose Her is that it's uh, it's like a collection of short stories, most of which are about Junior. Um and you get a lot of stuff about him, but it's pretty open-ended. And you're, like, except for in, in some of them, it's hard to tell, like, how old he's supposed to be or, like, what what year it is or, like, where you are in time or in his life. Okay. So I could see I could see taking, like, several books worth of material about him and shuffling around the stories to be maybe in chronological order or something. And that just being one big book. But Okay. Um, but yeah, both both Junior and Diaz, um, they immigrated from the Dominican Republic at a young age to join a father who was, you know, working in America in in New Jersey. Actually, it's all I find myself reading these New Jersey books like completely accidentally all the time. I love that New Jersey is this weird halfway house version of the American dream. We talked about this. When we were talking about Portnoy, uh, we're talking about it now with Juno Diaz. There, are, there are other writers that are they they people like to wear New Jersey as like a as a mantle or a badge of honor or <laughs> like maybe an albatross <laughs> around their neck. I don't know. New Jersey has this sometimes deserved reputation i think for being a place that is close to other places and not yes. really a place in and of itself <laughs> like, oh yeah oh yeah it's a corridor or you're close to new york and then people who actually live in jersey have like this specific chip on their shoulder about the way their homeland is viewed by everybody else in the country <laughs> well and we haven't i think we've talked about this on the show but philly has its own it's not the same as new jersey it doesn't get trashed on the same way new jersey does but it does have its own kind of willful infor- inferiority complex vis-a-vis New York and Washington, D.C. I think that's the case of for like a lot of major American cities. I mean, Chicago is called the second city, which I I don't know if that was supposed to be a reference to New York, but it certainly <laughs> I think it, I think plays it like one. <laughs> but they're okay because they're all Midwesterners. So they're like, whatever. We yeah, got hot like dogs. About what it. do you want? People out West like they think that their cities are actually better and we will we will let them think that because it's just I, easier that way i think some of them might have better burritos so they do like to argue about burritos i don't know i'm happy with chipotle it's like i don't want, i don't want to have my eyes open to anything better because then i'll never be able to enjoy them again why why listen to to the beatles when you can just like 
chill out with Bruno Mars. Like, why you don't need to listen to the real thing. You just get by. I like on the monkeys. You listen to by. the monkeys and you don't listen to the Beatles. <laughs> get by on what's popular and easy. You don't need to listen to to complicated stuff. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> anyway, you what else do we need to know about Juno Diaz? Um, he has a strained relationship with his father, and I think in general did not have a lot of really strong male role models growing up, which okay. is kind of what this book is all about. So Okay. Um does we'll we'll get to whether or not his uh background he was was he born in the Dominican or born yes. in America? Okay. Born in the Dominican Republic and then um I mean, in the book, Junior's, you know, Junior and his older brother and his mother all come to New Jersey to, you know, be with, um, be with their father, and and he's a father who they've never really known. He was kind, you know, he, their mom had them, and then he left for America, and he worked until he earned enough money that he could bring people, yeah, like more people up. Yeah. Which judging from the, you know, the events of the story is how a lot of, you know, first generation um in- immigrants Oh, totally. got mm-hmm. up here. Yeah. Um well, I I bring that up because I I came across uh a 1999 op-ed that he co-wrote in the New York Times uh that was kind of decrying the Dominican deportation of Haitians um and kind of this in, it was interesting to point out like a country like the Dominican where so many immigrants come into the United States, so many Haitians had come into the Dominican kind of like looking for work and looking for a better life. Sure. And they were being scapegoated with regards to the Dominican economy and, and all sorts of things. Wow, that um, doesn't sound like anything that would go on here. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so it was, I think... Diaz took a lot of flack from uh for it, including from other like Dominican and and other Latin American authors. Um, and I can't remember if his dad spoke up about that or if his dad spoke up about another essay that he wrote that was, you know, like maybe this author should go back to the Dominican or something like that. No, he said he should go back to Haiti. <laughs> oh, go back to Haiti. Excuse. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Um. um so yeah. It's, so he and his he and his father do not talk yeah i can't imagine why (laughs) um but it also seems like he has a very kind of love hate relationship with his background um in that i mean he doesn't seem to to well at least you'll you'll tell me based on this on the stories from the book but it seems like he respects where he's where he comes from but that doesn't mean that he will ignore its faults you know Right, yeah, like it's it's um I wouldn't I don't know that he has a love-hate relationship with his background. It's just that you know, he had a rough childhood. Like he had mm-hmm. a father who was not great and he was transplanted at a very young and impressionable age and um, you know, diff- non-white people, I guess, are not always treated awesomely in this country by white people which is something that only comes up a couple times in the book like this this book is more about gender relations i think than race relations though it you know they they're sort of intertwined um cool but yeah he's like he's got that you know that american story where you come here and you 
start from nothing and now he's like you know he's firmly middle class like he's got a teaching gig at mit he's published um i think two collections of short stories one novel um a handful of essays and then he's got another novel that's forthcoming i don't i I think he it's been announced but it doesn't have a release date yet he also won a pulitzer and a macarthur genius grant so he's pretty good and then after he won his pulitzer he was named to the Pulitzer board. Um, yeah. Was the first uh, Latin American to serve, or I guess per- person of any Latin descent, because he's he's Dominican born, uh, to serve on the board of jurors. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's got he's got like that rags to riches thing going on. To yes. some extent. And yeah. He, he's he's talk- he's very he's very like mindful of his roots. I think he's talked a lot about kind of the crazy series of odd jobs that he held and uh kind of seeing america from both the bottom and the top yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i think you want to jump into this book so let's jump into the book okay. what is it it's a short story collection yeah um it, it's a short story collection but i think all but one of the stories are about junior like in various so tell me about At various him. points of his life. So he like it feels like a cohesive thing because he's grounding a lot of it. Okay, so mm-hmm. he's um uh like Juno Diaz himself, he was brought from the Dominican Republic to New Jersey at a young age. Um their father, you know, he had an older brother named Rafa, um, and a, a mom, and she's usually referred to as mommy or like mammy. M a m i is it mammy? We should go. Mammy. I'm sure, it's mummy. I I mean, we could say mammy, and we could say, <laughs> and we can say pappy, but I'm sure it's poppy and mommy. mommy. Pa- okay, we'll go with mommy. Um, and at some point, you know, their dad leaves them, and you know, it's kind of a good riddance kind yeah, of situation. Yeah. Like, um. The, I mean, the part of the book that I think stuck with me the most was the the one of the stories that's, that's told from Junior's, you know, the perspective of Junior, and he's a kid. You know, Junior is this is the youngest he is in this book. Okay, and it's from just after they have immigrated, and they are with this father who they've really never known, and he is super strict, like. If he tells them to go to their room and you know sit on the bed, they've got to sit on the bed. If he catches them not sitting on the bed, they have to sit in the corner. If he catches them not sitting in the corner, they have to kneel down on potato peelers. Ow! No! Yeah. Ha! Yeah. Hi-ta-chi-ha. Yeah. That's all. So, what? like, it's like physically abusive, and it's also mentally abusive. Of course, he will not. He will not let either of the kids or mommy go outside. Oh. Okay. So like in New Jersey, maybe he's protecting them? Well, I mean, no, it's 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 the winter, but and it's just like they can never go outside. Okay. Like, they have to be stuck in their little house apartment whatever it is. Like even vis-a-vis school or he's too young for that? Um they are not in school yet for okay. the for the period of time that the story consumes. Um Yeah, they I have in my notes here that they they live uh, near a landfill in New Jersey, and in parentheses, I have, you'll have to be more specific. 
<laughs> so sucks to you, New Jersey. But it's it's so he's physically they all and get, mentally they all abusive. get like yeah they all get like cabin fevery and and the end of that story like the their father is out and um there's like a snowstorm going on and he can't get home so he's gonna be somewhere else for the night and so all three of them like go out into the snow just to be outside but they don't run away they just go outside no no they just go outside it's it's a very it's it's a nice ending but it's born of some really crappy stuff so i mean that yeah okay (laughs) <laughs> how does that story kind of jive with say the rest of the book structurally are are there things you're missing about this character that have been written in other books do you do you feel that as you're reading it or do they just feel like a series of vignettes that have their own purpose i think it's pretty self-contained but um most of the stories are told from the perspective of a teenage or adult junior okay who is generally in the process of messing up a relationship somehow. So that's one of the few ones that's not. Yeah, that's okay. one of the few ones that's not. So you you've read um I think this that that section of the book comes like two thirds or three quarters of the way through. So you've spent a lot of time with this character, but that is the story where a lot of his traits gel. I mean, especially if you're looking at this book as like a standalone entry like maybe if somebody's coming to this having read diaz's other stuff they know a little bit more about junior and they can ground his actions and stuff that they've read before but if you're just treating this is how you lose her as its own thing and you don't know anything else about the author or the character that's the chapter where he comes into focus like that's that's where you figure out why he is so bad with women and why well, he treats them so awfully. And so as we move into the other stories, I, I kind of want to know your take on that. Unfortunately, the idea that, you know, an absent parent or a poor parent kind of begets more poor adults, right? It's, it's prevalent to the point of trope and cliche. And obviously... Juno Diaz has gotten a lot of renown for his work, so he seems to rise above that. Uh, how? He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't draw a big arrow pointing to it. Okay. Basically, like, he, the character Junior never says, like, I had a bad dad, so that's why I treat woman bad. Okay. Like, there's, there are, um, there is a time when, you know, when he first starts becoming like sexually active he's actually um having sex with one of the older women in the neighborhood and it's kind of a it's like a mrs robinson thing except she's not married and the only bad thing is if anybody found out (laughs) i guess oh the only bad thing i guess (laughs) well i mean yeah i mean i guess they're that's the same in both cases anyway but he's not yeah he's not like cuckolding anyone no, no, no. Okay. And there's like a there's a point where he's say, like he seems to be dimly self-aware about this stuff like he cheats a lot and he does all this stuff and he and he does seem to recognize it in himself and recognize that objectively it's a bad thing, but he does nothing to curb it when he's in a like a 
um, committed relationship, and he only ever really seems contrite after he's been caught. So. Yeah, <laughs> but um, the the the, the mm. section in the book that I'm talking about, he does say, you know, I I wanted to not be like this, but with the father I had and the brother I had, it you know, it how, seems like it's in his genes or something. How old is he in that? particular story that you're referencing now not necessarily mrs robinson one but the one where he has any form of self-awareness about that um that's the self-awareness thing happens throughout um in the chapter where he starts to become sexually active he's like six um 17 18 late high school i wonder because you're you're kind of talking about a thing that is larger than this particular book but obviously this book taps into which is that sense of like when you start just accepting traits in yourself and maybe not fighting them which is a perhaps good perhaps dangerous place to be yeah man i walk that line all the time (laughs) you know and it can be everything from like well i guess i'm just gonna have to accept that it's gonna all it's it will be forever hard to kick pizza out of my diet yeah, or, or like I will forever be the guy who leaves dishes to soak in the sink for an indeterminate amount of time. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah. I know that I don't close cabinets and drawers very often. Like that's that's weird. Like how do you walk around in your house without well, closing it's not, drawers? That's, it's usually like I close the drawer, but not all the way. <laughs> like, or I if that I'm, sounds like more work than closing the drawer. <laughs> I just I'm not I'm kind of careless about drawers. I guess. I've yeah, learned I that. Not, about I did not know that about you. I don't. I guess we didn't have a lot of drawers in our room in college. <laughs> but I guess that I mean there are larger, probably perhaps more important questions about like <laughs> you know work ethic or uh, learning about how you treat other people and learning about kind of this whatever particular selfishnesses you have, mm-hmm. right? Um, like I can fully admit that there are there are times where I can recognize myself like needing positive either affection or validation from someone and and objectively I don't need it or I don't I'm wasting energy of both parties like pursuing it but it doesn't yeah. mean that I don't work to get it you know yeah, I mean, I I was I was actually doing something like this early today, which is why I'm glad it's a four day weekend that we're, we're <laughs> right in front of. But um, like I can recognize in myself when I'm making a bigger deal out of something than it really warrants. Yes, yes. And once I realize it, the question is like, do I back down and and admit that I've been being an idiot, or do I like double down and try to make it seem like an even bigger <laughs> deal than it is? I will also catch myself like I don't do it as often as I'm as I probably think, but I will occasionally play expert and not in a like, oh, I know all about this, but I'll just kind of, you know, not expert, but like wise man. I'll play like I can think through this. Do you do it with stuff that you've like you've done like once? (laughs) Not always. I'm not like I'm not like Tim the Toolman Taylor. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not like, oh, I've done this once before and failed at it. I totally got this. Uh, I would, I would suffer imposter syndrome before that would happen. No, I'm just saying that, like, maybe you've done something once successfully, and so you consider yourself to be like a 
font of knowledge on this subject. Oh, I oh I try. Hope I don't do that. I probably have done this on, done that on the show before. I, oh God, I hope I don't do it too. But I don't know. It doesn't sound like something that we're totally in control. <laughs> of. So let's let's talk about what Junior is and is not in control of. He starts with he he goes into these relationships. How does the book like start, and how does he? How do we build to this scene where Juno Diaz kind of reveals where this character comes from? The, I mean, somebody actually, um, Tiffany, who I work with at, um, at Ars Technica, um, recommended this book to me. And so I went onto Amazon and I read the preview and it was just like the first page, like how the prose went that, that really made me want to read this book. And it also pretty much perfectly sums up Junior. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. And how he tries to like justify his actions to himself. Um, and I guess this has a cuss in it, so get ready. I have to mark this one as explicit. Um, all right, this is how the book starts. I'm not a bad guy. I know how that sounds, defensive, unscrupulous, but it's true. I'm like everybody else, weak, full of mistakes, but basically good. Magdalena disagrees, though. She considers me a typical Dominican man, a sucio, an asshole. <laughs> See, many months ago when Magda was still my girl, when I didn't have to be careful about almost anything, I cheated on her with this chick who had tons of 80s freestyle hair. <laughs> so, I mean, that really sets the tone. Like, I'm not a bad guy, but I did this thing that most people will probably consider pretty bad. <laughs> Well, and look how he look how he kind of slides right into that hair joke too. Like that's that's some that's some good stuff just in terms of how he set that whole like I'm going to lay it out. I'm going to going to monologue yeah. at you. I'm going to set you up for my worldview and my my self-image and then I'm going to drop a little joke at the end. Man, Juno Diaz has like a gift for that opening sentence. Like here's here's the opening sentence from another one of the stories. Your girl catches you cheating. Well, actually she's your fiance, but hey, in a bit it so won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of are there I read there are at least one if not two like second person chapters in this yes, book? Yes, the last um the last chapter in the book is well, I mean, the last story in the book, I guess, is I I mean, I didn't I didn't sit there and count the pages, but it, it, it's if not the longest, one of the longer sections in the book. And it is telling the story entirely in the second person, but in a way that makes it sound like Junior is talking to himself because the this person oh, interesting. addressing him knows stuff that a third party just would not know about him, like knows what he's thinking and why he's doing stuff. And it's clearly about and like what he's feeling. It's not, it's not like to the reader in any way. No, usually there's a, there's a section of the book where somebody drops his name and you like, you know that that's who usually you assume that that's who the chapter is about until it becomes clear that it is not cool. Um, Did you feel like that second person stuff was successful? The only time, I've really encountered that, at least for the show, was when I read uh, Goon Squad like a long time ago. It's um, it's it happens seldom enough that it's not annoying. Like the the fact that this is a lot of short stories that kind of m- melds together into one novel. Um, 
like it affords Diaz the opportunity to experiment a bit with like structure and with the way he's addressing yeah. the reader and, and, you know, the way his prose flows. Well, and, and that was a, a large quality of Goon Squad too. I, I wonder without, without us having clearly mapped out contemporary fiction and all of it, literary fiction and all of its styles and forms, I wonder how prevalent that is in books that you and I don't even know about. Well, Goon Squad was pretty recent, right? What, yeah, what they were, well, but her, him and Jennifer Egan are pretty recent Pulitzer winners is what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Like, like, this book is 2012, and I think that Goon, Goon Squad, Squad was, was 08, like 2011, maybe? or, oh, was it 08? Was it? Okay. But still, uh, no, you know, you're pretty, right. It might have been it might have been 11. Ah, whatever. We did an episode. Go listen to it. It's ah. fairly recent. Yeah. Back then, <laughs> we knew when it was published. <laughs> Okay, so let's keep talking about this book, though. Yeah. You were talking about his prose style and his overall kind of structure and form. Were there any kind of other fun surprises that cropped up as you were reading the book? Kind of stylistic risks he took or anything like that? I mean, it's just it, it comes around in the way that he the way that he approaches a sentence, but also in the way that he structures the, I, I don't know how the story flows like let me let me look up the section where the title of the book is actually spoken okay and i'll just i'll read that i i bet you will it'll be pretty good yeah it will be pretty good. <laughs> is it gonna um, have more cussing in it <laughs> it might have more cussing <laughs> um but yeah like there's there's the second person stuff which is also broken up by year like okay okay he has just ended a committed relationship and um and so he's like every year after the relationship ends catalogs like how he's feeling how he is like recovering from it you know that kind of stuff and it, it like he he does that he plays with the second person thing a little bit and you just you do so much jumping around in time and in um and in perspective that you don't really have time to get bored or like think about what's going on that seems often. like a very contemporary concern cuz all of us have ADD and yeah <laughs> can't yeah yeah focus yeah. on anything but it's just it's it it lend it i don't know that's it's just the in the nature of the book to be like that because it's a short story collection fair enough um all right, so here I found the section I wanted Great. to read. It. Um, his girlfriend at the time, he's been seeing her for like eight months, which isn't even a super long time. Like, I feel like... I feel like that's need... long enough to be like, are we doing something? Yeah, or like long enough to maybe be like a little... I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of this from the perspective of Junior. And like... Uh, how old is even, he at this point? For... It's not it's not super clear. Um I think a young man. Mm. Um so okay, his his girlfriend Alma has found this journal that he's apparently been keeping. Like Junior's not only is he a serial cheater, but he's super bad at covering his tracks. No. He finds his journal he's been keeping and it has a bunch of stuff in it about the people he's been cheating on her with and she confronts him and yells at him about it. 
and the chapter ends. Instead of lowering your head and copying to it like a man, you pick up the journal as one might hold a baby's beshatted diaper, as one might pinch a recently benutted condom. You glance at the offending passages, then you look at her and smile a smile your dissembling face will remember until the day you die. Baby, you say, baby, this is part of my novel. This is how you lose her. <laughs> what? <laughs> is that the end of that chapter? Yeah. That's what? It. Like, mic drop. That Ooh. doesn't work. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, no. <laughs> Benutted condom? Yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, he sets up a nice contrast with beshatted diaper. Oh, like, that's a thing oh. that you might think of, and then the next thing is a thing that you oh, might think of. Oh, God. Definitely earning the explicit tag on this one. We warned you last week. We didn't warn you this, this time. Um, nah, we'll put it, we'll put a thing up front. I was going to see whether we did it or not, and we have done We've it, so. definitely done it. That's ballsy and terrible, that move. I know. It's like, it's really challenging the audience to have sympathy for your protagonist when you have him do stuff like that. Well, and that's a fascinating thing, too, where by the time you read this book, you know that Junior is a, is a surrogate for Uno Diaz. I, I did not know it while I was reading. I okay. found it out while I did my research. Which oh, fair enough. Usually, especially if I have never encountered an author before, I'll usually read the work and then do the research. Okay. But, um, um, yeah, in retrospect, yeah. In I okay. So from from Diaz's point, I think that's extra baller and ballsy because he knows going into this book that Junior is clearly like another version of him, mm-hmm. and to have that character be so terrible in a, <laughs> in a particular moment and then like use fiction as like a shield yeah right which is the exact you know which is the fiction that juno diaz is writing and well um junior ends up a, a writing professor and an author too like yeah yeah <laughs> that's how far the um uh what's the word that's how far the um similarities go i guess it's not the word that i wanted but it's the one i found (laughs) it's fine you found it in there you reached in there you found that word yeah (laughs) i guess that i mean it seems like a lot of literary fiction and you know there's all sorts of exceptions to this rule but uh especially recently um there's a lot of personal stories to draw on for literary fiction yeah yeah um and a lot of the time, the characters who are in that fiction are people who are not all that different from the author. Like, I think with a lot of the recent books that we've read, that's been reasonably clear. Like, was that the case with Goon Squad? There were, like, some semi-autobiographical stuff? A little, not as that? much, actually. Um, Egan seemed to have her own kind of societal axes to grind. Mm-hmm. But her whole setting that book in a kind of... A a near future slash fake past music industry was, from what I understand, largely foreign to her. Um, though I'm sure some of the concerns in that book about assuming a middle class mentality and assuming a kind of ho hum middle class life were probably not mm-hmm. unautobiographical <laughs> as much as that could be experienced by any of us. 
Maybe maybe um maybe Jeffrey Eugenides is a better example. Yeah. Um, not so much not so much Middlesex but marriage plot where it's about mm-hmm. you know white college students having white college student problems and they're all like very literary and like yeah, yeah. well read and stuff and you kind of a lot of it rings a little too true to be like made up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are are there any parts in this book that you think Diaz is kind of pushing himself or do you or is he kind of mining his particular vein of of life experience throughout? I mean, I especially with respect to his relationship with women, I really really hesitate to read too much. <laughs> like I don't want to cast aspersions, so I really I hesitate to read too much into those. Like you simultaneously don't want to to say he's that much of a jerk whilst while you don't want to knock his game that much. Well, is that yeah, what you're saying? Like, like I want like some of the book is obviously autobiographical, like the stuff where he lives in New Jersey and the stuff where he immigrated as a kid and the stuff where he had kind of a rough childhood and then ended up like economically okay. Yeah. Like that is all true. Like I can accept all that, but I kind of I hesitate to automatically accept the stuff about him being a serial womanizer. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. That feels... What about... More like it would discredit him to just, like, automatically believe that. But but he... If the reader knows anything about him, it is hard for the reader to draw that line. Fair enough. Because it's not clear exactly where Diaz ends and Junior begins, which I think is the problem with a lot of this semi-autobiographical fiction or the it's i don't know if problem is the yeah right i was word, gonna say because because it's still good fiction right it's still good writing um oh this book is a ton of fun to read like it makes me want to read more diaz yeah because he just has a he has a way of playing with a sentence that really gets to me the the problem i think the quote-unquote problem that arises comes out of how you need to market this book, how you need to talk about this book to get people to read it. And part of that discussion and part of that sell becomes what parts of this are junior, the exact discussion we're having right now. Right. <laughs> right. Where it's like, <laughs> like which... I'm trying to think of like, if you're an interviewer who's going to talk to Juno Diaz after this book comes out and you have done any research at all, like what do you think your first question out of the gate is? Yo, how many people you slept with? Like, that's your first question. <laughs> Come on now. Haven't you ever yeah, interviewed exactly anyone, that. Andrew? That's the first question you ask anyone. Yeah, it's just kind of an icebreaker question. <laughs> how many people you slept with? You don't, you never answer it. You never, Not yourself. Truthfully. You don't tell the interviewee. Then you lose hand in the interview. <laughs> you should write a book about interviewing people. <laughs> I'll just interview you about it. It'd be fine. Um, so you said earlier, I know I, we could easily keep chatting about this for a one, while. It there seems. is one specific thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. And it's, it, we talked about how given that Junior does all this stuff, it can be hard to have sympathy for him. Okay. And that I wanted to talk about the ways that Diaz engenders sympathy. Oh, for great. Yeah. Junior. So, I mean, the one thing, obviously, is the rough and tumble childhood. Um, But then the other thread is that when Junior is maybe 16, um, this is before he starts becoming sexually active, but not by much. Okay. Um, His brother gets leukemia. Okay. 
And so he has to watch his brother Rafa like deteriorate before his eyes. And Rafa tries to do a lot of literal and figurative running away from his disease once he actually runs away. And he is always trying to act like he did before he got sick. Like he's, he's, he tries never to acknowledge it to the point where like he's bedridden, I think for the last six, six weeks of his Mm -hmm. life. And he just will not talk to anybody. He will not talk to junior. He will not talk to mommy. And it's, I don't know. Like he, he wants to talk about and experience anything, but him being sick. Hmm. And so once being sick is pretty much all that is up with him, he just stops talking. Yeah. I thought that was interesting, I guess. Cause, cause stuff like when he tries to run away, like actually run away is maybe a little too on the nose, but then other stuff like that makes the, makes the, um, the symbolism work, I guess. Well, and does that, do you think that feeds into a, a personality of Junior that is like, if, because he watches his brother die, right? Um, I got to get what I want and get it now before it's gone. Does, does he I mean, kind of clock that at all? Or, or is that just me kind of espousing based on what you just said? I mean, now that you say that, I, th- I think there's probably an element of that to it. Like he has, he basically watches his brother deteriorate from this like cut, muscle bound, doing as many ladies as he wants getting away with it because he's mom's favorite like he watches his brother deteriorate from this guy who i think he sees as a you know as a role model of sorts Mm -hmm. into this sickly hundred bound guy who cannot even like face what is happening to him so he i don't know he he gets to grapple with his mortality in a way that teenagers do not usually get to do yeah yeah and so I, mean, I think maybe that in that in addition to having no good male role models is what I it's it's what I think the book wants us to attribute Junior's actions to in in large part like it doesn't excuse them but it explains them. Okay. Um I did want to ask you a bit more about some of the gender stuff in the book because we we talked about Juno Diaz as a self-identified and and kind of activist Dominican writer, which you said doesn't play as much of a role in this book as it as it might in another version of this book, like in an it's pretty Yeah, universe. I mean it's there, but it's subtle. Like yeah, when Junior is dating people and when people are dating him, it's always very it's always very explicitly laid out like whether the person is Dominican or oh, like, interesting. what that person thinks about Dominicans. Like it's it's there it's hanging out in the background. Okay. Lot. So it's not like the point of the book, but it is there. But anyway, go on with your um, with what you wanted to ask about. But even implicit in the title there there's a there's a gendered and kind of gender specific circumstance to to Junior's behavior and what what the book is focused with, you know, in the time we spend with him. How does how does that develop? What what is Juno Diaz up to with regard to that? Like, how does it's, it treat how does it view the women that 
Junior is spending his time with? Are they... Is it just a series of people he has treated poorly? Or do we... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm looking up. There was a negative review of this book that I think totally missed the point of it. And oh, okay. I'm to quote it here. That that's fascinating. Um, there is a there's a review of this book that criticizes criticizes his representations of female characters, and um, she writes, "We pretty much only see the women as exes, crying and screaming after they've been cheating on, or as new possibilities cataloged in terms of their fuckworthiness." Okay. Which is a hundred percent true, but I believe I think this reviewer thinks that we are supposed to like agree with the way that women are represented in this book or like endorse it or something. Does that make any sense no, at all? Like no, no, like, no that, that makes is total the way sense. that that is the way that women are depicted, and I believe that we the reader are meant to know that that is a deficiency of junior specifically okay yeah i buy that yeah i guess the the flip side argument there is it's tough and i'm going to articulate it poorly so just get ready all right hit me um (laughs) is that lacking uh better depictions of women across the board that a prominent book from a prominent author not offering something that is better represent re- representative of women in the book could always feel like a missed opportunity i guess does that make sense like here's the interesting thing about this book that was never going to come up organically in conversation but i'm glad that i'm glad that it is coming up there is, I believe, one story in this book that has nothing to do with Junior. Okay. And it's, you know, it's it's still about the immigrant experience. It's about um a woman who comes up and is is like working and living in America and she's with this man who has a wife back home who he still he still corresponds with, but He's not told the wife about about the woman in America. Mm-hmm. And that is told from the woman's point of view. And it's 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 rough because the man still wields a lot of the power in that relationship. Yeah. But getting something from a woman's point of view. I think it I think it suggests or or. I don't know. I think it. I think it suggests that Diaz recognizes that, of course, there are other female perspectives to 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 have. Okay. Like, okay. Like women are people too, and they have lives, and they have thoughts and feelings, and they have agency and stuff. And um. But I I I, I do, like it's it is telling that the only, even sort of fleshed out female character in the book has nothing to do with the dude who the book is mostly about yeah and you and you could you could cry deficiency on the part of the author for not including more of that or you could say that that is like what you said earlier that is his take on things as they are with this character and that doesn't mean that we are endorsing this character and that authors and and creative people of all of 
all media kind of wrestle with that audience perception a lot yeah, of like it's do you is this are, are we supposed to like this character or are we supposed to perhaps enjoy our time with them but then come away going ew i think i mean i think we're meant to come away fully acknowledging all of union's imperfections yeah um and and the I mean, the other thing I want to say is, like, far be it from me, a man reading this book, to, like, mansplain to women, like, how they should feel about the Yeah, be careful. And the way that the book treats women. Like, I can, it treats women real bad. Like, women are, women are not even a consideration for Junior. Like, he... Like like I said before, the only time where he seems to feel any remorse for any of his actions whatsoever is after he's been caught cheating. Yeah. And he's not like he's not worried enough about what women think about to to like not cheat in the first place, let's say. But there are two relationships in the book where he's caught cheating and the relationship doesn't end immediately and he like goes to a sex addict group and he and he gives the the fiance in this case the like his email passwords and all that all that stuff that's i don't know that's that's all that stuff that's really just a feeble way of trying to rebuild trust that cannot be rebuilt yeah 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 yeah. um hmm i don't know so i mean i my my take on it is that we are we are not supposed to endorse Junior's actions in any in any way and we we are supposed to both like feel awful for the women who he objectifies and and puts through the emotional ringer and like i mean i and and toward the end of the book he is you know the character Junior is as old as he is in this particular collection and he's got like 5 years of distance from his um, with the relationship with his fiance that he broke off, and I think he is finally starting to gain a little bit of perspective, maybe, and 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 starting to realize, like, hey, maybe I'm treating women pretty bad, like genuinely. But yeah, and know, it's, that it's just, behavior doesn't that self awareness about any of that behavior does not come easily. Let's be honest, like yeah. that's and that doesn't that kind of self awareness doesn't even have to be gendered, just like. But it often is because yeah. we, we as people and definitely men spend a lot of time pursuing and thinking about relationships of all kinds yeah. and spend woefully insignificant amounts of time regards, with regard to that, uh, considering how we behaved ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because it really is just, it's, it, especially when you're young, it just feels like, well, they're, you know, I'll get another shot if I messed it up. So let let yeah. me not dwell on what I did wrong or right. whether or not that person is going to carry what I did wrong with yeah. them. Um, but if you take a, a quick second and think about anything that's happened to you that you still remember years later, um, you might think twice about what you do with other people. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, his... The junior after he breaks up like he takes up running and he gets really in shape but then his foot gives out on him and then he takes up yoga and his back gives out on him and then hmm. he tries to do like 
simple aerobic exercises and his arms like give out on him and like the he does not have a lot of relationships at all like just women don't come as easily as they used to to him and i think that that in part makes him step back a little bit and evaluate his actions because when they you know when they do come along he does alienate them because that's who he is but I think he has more more time to think about why and how, and that is helpful to him. But yeah. Like, and I, I want to. I, I said before that reviewer missed the point. I want to walk that back a little bit because you know, if as a as a woman reading like that first section of the book, like we kind of laughed at it because of of its like of how contradictory it was. Yeah, and it's, but it's deliberately you, like, over if, the top in a way, yeah, too. Yeah, but if if you open your book like that, like, I can totally see why a, a woman reading this book would not be inclined to give Junior or Diaz even the benefit of the So doubt. you know how sometimes we go highbrow, lowbrow on this show? Yeah. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, I saw that Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie, Don John, or whatever it was called. Okay, <laughs> and it it's a similar Were you on thing. an airplane. Like that's the only excuse. No, 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 no. I was bored on a Friday with some people, um, and that movie start. You know, that is a movie about a guy who is like of a very self obsessed nymphomaniac. Like it's not just about sex; it's it's about porn and all sorts of stuff. And it it leads mm-hmm. to him treating women and and other people pretty badly in in a same kind of way but the way it has to be handled stylistically and narratively it's like this is gross i don't i don't know that i want to live in this story long enough for it to give me its message you know yeah and and i could so i could totally understand that perspective of like you get into a into a story that's that's telling you something that you already know you don't like yeah um and and whether or not you you want to grapple with not not even grapple whether or not you just want to stand that for long enough to kind of consider the skill it took in its telling yeah Uh, that's understandable the entire first story does not touch on the his brother does not touch on his father Hmm. okay just about him so i can i can see junior making a bad enough first impression that it's that it would be hard for him to recover but um, I I want to wrap up because we're running a little yeah, bit long. Yeah. But is there anything? Is there any like last parting stuff that you want to ask about? No, I don't think so. We talked a lot about. Uh, oh, real quick. Um, overall sense of style and genre. There's there's kind of in Latin American fiction. I know there's there's a vein of kind of magical realism that exists. It doesn't sound like that exists in this book, right? No, no, it's, it's pretty down to earth. Okay. Because um, I know he's kind of called out a couple writers that he enjoyed, including Toni Morrison, who kind of oscillates back and forth between some stuff that's a vaguely supernatural, but not really. Yeah, um, I mean it's 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 down to earth enough that that sort of defines the book. Like you get you get a really gritty and up close, and I feel like that word gritty has lost most of its meaning really the meaning. visceral the, and yeah, gut punching look. The meaning that's left has been totally subverted. It's really atmospheric. Um, it it gets you really close to 
the immigrant experience in America in a way that I think is going to be uncomfortable for most Americans. Okay, fair. Or at least like most Americans who have, do not have any experience with the immigrant experience. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you have experience with that experience, uh, <laughs> or you have experience with Juno Diaz and kind of want to weigh in on perhaps some of his other books and how they tackle some of the issues we talked about today. I think that would be really cool to talk about. You can email those comments and questions and concerns to overduepod at gmail.com. If you can fit it in 140 characters or you like tweeting multiple times, you can send it to twitter.com slash overduepod. Or if you want to share cool links or write us other messages, uh, you can do that over at facebook.com slash overduepod. Yeah, and we're we're getting some new followers and some new likes, and it's just encouraging to see people continuing to share the show and enjoy the show. So thank you, everybody, who is doing that. Um, if you want to point a new listener to us, you can tell them to go to our website at OverduePodcast.com. Um, up there we have iTunes links and RSS links that you can use to subscribe to the show, or you can just listen to it in your in your browser. Um, we also have links to the Amazon, like Amazon links to the books that we have read and that we are going to read. And if you want to read along or if you hear us talk about a book and you think that you would like to experience it for yourself, like don't take my word for it, um, you can click those. And if you buy the book or anything really after clicking them, that gives us a little bit of money to spend on hosting and on reading materials and, and that kind of thing. Cool. Um, is there anything else? Do we want Do we want to? tease the thing that we talked about the other day i know i don't want to tease that you don't want to tease it while we talked about something the other day and you'll find out what it is but not tonight not tonight (laughs) all right what are you reading next week i think i'm going to be reading i have to track it down but i think i'm going to be reading surely you're joking mr Feynman," um which is written by the nobel award-winning physicist richard Feynman. um who I'm doing some creative work on and need to do a whole bunch of research on, and it's a bunch of uh, short essays and and humorous nonfiction writing from one of the more respected scientific minds of the 20th century. So we'll see how that goes. Sounds good. All right, we will be back with that next week, and in the meantime, everybody try to be happy. (laughs) 